What the fuck is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Black Hoodie Alchemy. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Anthony Tyler. And as always, we're going to get into some crazy shit this week. Uh, if we're not talking about the truly inspiring or the truly horrific, we're talking about the truly bizarre and outlandish. Um, to, today's subject might have a bit of all three. Uh, maybe inspirational in the sense of like the Elron Hubbard sort of inspirational where you don't, you know, he's a crazy, crazy man. Uh, and Scientology is, uh, is a, a crazy set of beliefs, but you kind of have to, uh, I don't know, admire the guy's tenacity, right? <laughs> uh, he really, he really went for the whole enchilada and he got it. Uh, Hubbard was a crazy man and today's subject is kind of similar. He really went for the whole enchilada and he got it. So I do respect the tenacity there. Uh, but other than that, a very, you know, mostly horrific and bizarre this episode will be. But, uh, you know, victims aside, because there will be victims in this uh, throughout this story. I'm not going to focus on that too much because there's a lot to this story uh, to look into. But, you know, due respect to the victims. Aside from that, this is kind of a hilarious story at times. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Dr. Malachi Z. York. Yes, uh, his original name is Dwight York. He is not a doctor at all. I'm looking forward to getting into this a bit. Uh, lately, I have started a new job and back in construction. I'm doing some HVAC. So earlier mornings, getting off early as well. Adjusting to that, we also rescued a limping six-week-old kitten outside of our apartment, uh, my girlfriend and I, uh, just riddled with parasites in the tummy and you know fleas no ticks but uh not doing so hot uh that kitten is in full recovery now mostly parasite free and with medication in process and already fully recovered from that limp very impressive her name is echo and we are very pleased to have her as a part of the family uh anything else you know um uh, with all the the new adjustments and things um Still waiting to really uh, get the ball rolling on all my different guests. So I haven't forgotten about that. We will be having a whole slew of people on, just not yet. So who is Dr. Malachi York? Well, this is a curious tangled web of uh, civil rights, conspiracy theories, uh, black supremacy, metaphysics. Uh, cult mentality, you name it. There's there's a lot going on here. And uh, as a teaser, it all culminates in some fairly huge replicas of pyramids in the middle of Podunk, Georgia. Middle Georgia, uh, this black supremacist cult built this almost mini, it was like almost 500 acre compound that looked like a bizarre occult Disney. Um, they did all sorts of illegal things on there, uh, you know, d uh, different laundering operations, um, human trafficking and different sorts of abuse, you know, all the kinds of abuse that come with a cult compound, you name it. Uh, they also ran a, a, a an illegal nightclub there called Club Ramsey's. Uh, it was all 
there was the the the, the beliefs were very strange and ever evolving. Um, but this this compound, which was named uh, Tamray, was uh, Egyptian themed. And the story of Malachi York is particularly interesting because he's actually been quite influential in the in the in in the modern history of hip hop. You know, York was friends with Africa Bambata, who was the founder of the Universal Zulu Nation, like hip hop awareness group that's been around for a long time. Um, I wonder if I could find a date. Yeah, since the 70s. You know, people like uh, most famously uh, a tribe called Quest, you know, very influenced by Zulu Nation. It's hard to not be influenced, at least indirectly, by Zulu Nation, which is sort of a union of African indigenous culture, you know, brought through, promulgated through hip hop. Um, Islam also has a lot to do with the backbone of hip hop, which I think some people might find, um, you know, surprising, I guess, but it's absolutely true. Um, some people in today's society are, are, you know, our scared mentality. We forget that um, African American culture was uh, deeply, has been deeply embedded with Islamic tradition for a long time. And that's not even, you know, that's not a dig on Islam or African Americans. That's just how things are. Um, you know, despite his. Uh, extremist statements in some cases, you know, I can't get behind everything he said. I, I really have always genuinely loved Malcolm X, you know, and he was a, a strong proponent of the nation of Islam. You know, he, he worked as a, uh, I don't know what his title would be, but he was a member and a, and an outspoken advocate for the nation of Islam. Uh, and a lot of this is going into the, the Malachi York story. And this is also not an indictment of hip hop culture, you know, no more than anything else is like, you know, no more than Jung's answer to Job is an indictment of Christian culture. I don't know. That's probably a terrible reference. So few people, only if you've listened to the show, are you really going to get that? But um, suffice it to say, the bigger, the bigger something gets, the more corruption you will find. And sometimes that doesn't mean that's not talking about longevity. Sometimes that's talking about the inception of something, you know, sometimes in order to break into the mainstream in any sort of capacity, there might need to be some corruption involved. Maybe, you know, and maybe that corruption isn't directly involved with, you know, gaining power or scope. Maybe it's just the fact that someone is psychopathic enough to really spearhead something Sometimes, you know, it takes a, a, a damn near psychopathic work ethic. You know, that's why artists, uh, you know, sacrifice so much uh, for their art. You hear about, you know, you know, the starving artist, you know, the guy who wanted to make it big and put everything aside, you know, having a family or anything. Um, something I've I've been cognizant to try not to do myself you know I think it's best to do as much as you can you know a little bit of everything all at once but in any case it does seem that some of those psychopaths uh did help spearhead a lot of what we understand as hip hop today 
because if you're confused, um, hip hop is not only rap. It is, it is uh, definitely a culture, and it involves DJing and you know turntabling, uh, graffiti, break dance. Um, you know, it even involves style and all sorts of different things. Um, rap being a big part of that, but you know, it's an expression of African American culture and. It also, the deeper you get into hip hop, it does have uh, codes of ethics and things, you know, and there's also certain aspects of hip hop, like hardcore hip hop, battle rap, even if it's not actually rappers battling in real time against each other. There's a lot of recorded rap out there, even like gangster rap in general, where the goal is to just be basically something like the heel in pro wrestling. You just want to be the most gangster, batshit crazy like mind-blowing uh character you know that that you're embodying because hip-hop is all about the persona you're not supposed to be the same person you are in real life that you are in hip-hop and so a, a lot of underground hip-hop i like you know involves conspiracy theories involves you know esoteric symbolism um and it also throws gangster rap in there and it's doing all these things you're throwing comic book references um and not really being all that PC per se, uh, because the idea is to be a scumbag in a way. And, you know, it's a it's a brag in underground hip hop to you know be the most ignorant, so to speak. I've heard you know I, I've heard that many times. And the whole idea is just trying to be as wild and out there and braggadocious as possible in the sphere of hip hop. So it would make a lot more sense um, if if uh, Kanye West and all his eccentricities uh, stayed in his music. It's what a lot of people use art for to express themselves and to get things out. But someone like Kanye let it bleed out way too far. Didn't have enough barriers in uh, a compartmentalization, healthy compartmentalization in the personality. So and and all this is you know very important to bring up because. Um, Malachi York has influenced a lot of hip hop today. You know, in some cases, people were directly associated with the teachings and the uh, the meetings and things like that. You know, because this was a big thing, so they didn't need. It wasn't like they were a right hand man, but you know, people like uh, Jay Z were said to be around participating in some of these things. Uh, there's other inspirations like Nas, uh, Erica Badu. You know, he's worked with people like Stevie Wonder. Um, he had his own record label. Um, he was doing a lot of different things. There is an underground hip hop group that uh, from back in the 90s that some people will be familiar with because this show does have some hip hop roots as well as like punk and metal. I love it all. Uh, the Lost Children of Babylon. I, 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 I've never really heard their music, but I knew I'd heard that name and I found out that I'd heard it on some early Jedi Mind Tricks tracks. And Jedi Mind Tricks is uh, a whole can of worms, you know, kind of problematic in some ways, but only in the um, aggro battle rap mentality. Vinny Paz is a very antagonistic sort of person, <laughs> and you could tell in his lyrics. Um, so not for everybody, definitely some angry battle rap, but you know, not without its puns, and it's all in the context of being illustrious, and it's fun. It's meant to be left in the music and not taken outside of it. Um, 
you know, everything I said about conspiracy and esoterica and gangster rap is the best way to put it, really. Um, anyway, so the Lost Children of Babylon were a group that were directly espousing Malachi York's Nuwabian black supremacist belief system in their rap in Philadelphia. And they were doing some work with Jedi mind tricks. So you could see this stuff all around from the from the top to the bottom. And yeah, you know, this show definitely, yeah, I if it's not obvious from the hip hop I play all the time, I am, you know, definitely influenced by hip hop. One of my greatest uh personal influences in terms of you know my philosophical mindsets is a guy that I've referenced on the show before. I'll get him on as a guest at some point, uh Bald Monk. He's done, you know, he's a He's a black dude from Brooklyn, former retired police officer that I that I knew in Anchorage. Um, very interested in Taoism and Eastern philosophy and martial arts. He's an interesting guy. Um, and he, you know, turned me on at an early age to some real hip hop, you know, not not the trending stuff, but the the backbone of hip hop. And it always stuck with me, you know, just as much as my dad showing me, um, you know, Slayer at a pretty early age. So, like I said, this is not an indictment of hip hop, but it's an indictment of some of hip hop. You know, I guess uh, before we got into the story, that was all important to get out of the way to set the context. Um, and, you know, there's indictments of hippie culture. Uh, there's a lot to be said about the weird connections to the intelligence agencies in uh, the Laurel Canyon hippie movement. Charles Manson and the Beach Boys, uh, Jim Morrison of the Doors, his father um, being a high-ranking uh, like military, uh, I don't remember his title, but personnel in the Gulf of Tonkin, which was a false flag operation. Just, just weird stuff. A lot of weird stuff stacks up. Um, we know that uh, you know the streets were were flooded with LSD and crack by the CIA. Um, there's been a lot. It's it's unfortunate. It's a sad state of affairs, but there are. It seems like in so many cases, um, the the cultural movements that we hold close to our hearts have corruption at their center, whether it be intelligence agencies or just straight up psychopaths like Malachi York. When we're saying that, um, you know, L, the you know, the the streets were flooded with LSD by the CIA. I'm not I'm not saying uh don't don't take some LSD if it's clean and you know where you're getting it from and you're responsible with it. Um I have before, <laughs> you know. Um I'm not opposed to it. So that's all I'm saying, you know. There's genuine inspiration behind these things, but in order to reach the heights that they do, it seems like they get hijacked or um they yeah, they just get taken into some uh some questionable hands. And in, in a lot of ways, this reminds me of Jim Jones, Malachi York, because he had the backing of so many people um, with his roots, you know, at the, the foundations of hip hop. It's hard to forget about him overall. So this guy is not one that's going to be uh, completely wiped from public memory anytime soon. And in that way, he lives on and in the the voraciousness of his followers this uh he's definitely got his own cult following still to this day that's that's for sure and he's still trying to fight um his allegations from prison to this day you know he had uh 
um the the biggest ones being uh sexual molestation allegations i, I think it was over like 40 underage children um and he still fights those to this day it seems to be without question that he did these things uh but to this day his followers still try and uh dispute the whole thing you can find more more often than other cult leaders that you can look into you'll find people arguing for malachi york still so that's also interesting bits uh interesting context now i think the uh the the best thing to do from here is talk a bit about the actual beliefs and then after the commercial break we'll talk about the timeline a bit uh because their beliefs are wild in and of themselves uh this guy was an accredited person you know he had accolades from local officials in Georgia. Um, he started in Brooklyn and was pretty successful around there, but then police started breathing down his neck. So he moved his crew to middle Georgia and staked out some pyramids and a nightclub and all that jazz. But uh, yeah, he did, like I said, in the sense, in that Jim Jones sort of sense, he was doing, he was seen doing philanthropic work and, in the community and he was able to get handshakes with people and the basic run of the mill like yeah this guy you know donated to my campaign and to this uh charity and i'm shaking his hand for the cameras you know so he had some street cred in a way and in terms of his belief system all the all the hip-hop influence aside now that we've tackled that just a little bit this was um he, he started out very associated with the nation of islam but eventually started doing his own thing um malachi york was also very interested in ufos his grasp on islam was very loose to begin with um and very and usually not in line with traditional islam at all um, and he would throw christian references in there he would just kind of grasp at what seemed to suit him the most he really liked uh, Egyptian metaphysics. He was very inspired, just like so many cult leaders are, by the 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 systems and rituals and you know stratifications found in Freemasonry. I think this is a good example of how Freemasonry gets tainted. I don't think that Freemasonry uh, was a group that has been running you know uh, the, the, our shadow governments for thousands of years that's just not what it is you know, that, that that look at the if you're actually a student of the history that's just simply not what it is uh freemasonry you know among trades and many other aspects you know philanthropic aspects is a good old boy society and it varies lodge to lodge the same way churches do and they have they may have similar rituals, uh, but the, even those rituals will vary quite a bit. And, you know, just follow the money. Your podunk lodge in the middle of nowhere is, you know, it's going to have some 32nd degree Freemasons. And you're an idiot if you think those people are tied to the Illuminati. But I'm not saying that some 32nd degree Freemasons who have a lot of power in Washington, D.C. might not be a or, or, you know, I'm not saying they're not involved with some shady shit. And that's how masonry gets a bad rap because you can do a lot of different things with it. Once you have that piece of paper, you know, you could just, you, you could just become a Mason, start your own lodge that no one else agrees with and do your own thing. And suddenly masonry is heavily involved with your cult. 
Um, it, Malachi York wrote lots of books, hundreds of books. Um, some of the pro York websites say that he wrote over a thousand books. Even if that's true, um, they were most certainly, without question, all of them pamphlets, you know, 20 to 50 pages. And reportedly, they'd fall apart really easy. They were trash. Uh, and let's read some of the fun titles that he's got here. Check this out. Um, I, I, I got some, some really good ones for you. The Man from Planet Risk, R-I-Z-Q. The Melaninite Children. What is Speaking in Tongues? Shambhala and Agartha, Cities Within the Earth. Are You Still Eating Pork? Is Jesus God? Muhammad was a Hebrew. Uh, Halloween, the Evil One Sabbath. The Mystery Clouds. Where is the Devil Today? Uh, 666 Leviathan. Let's Talk About the End. Mission Earth and ET Involvement. Uh, I like this one. Santa or Satan, the Fallacy of Christmas. And my favorite, Is God a Wimp? Um, So... Covering a lot of territory there. If that helps you understand what was going through this guy's mind and what his influences were in the sermons he gave, it was stuff like that. Just look up pictures of this cult compound, Tamaray. It's no longer there. It was in Putnam County, Georgia. Um, the nearest town was Eatonton. God, that's so redneck. Eatonton, like Eatonton. God, it's so ridiculous. Um <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, it, he, he was prosecuted on uh, molestation, racketeering, and financial charges. He received 135 years in prison and is scheduled to get out in like 2177 or something like that. Um, but he there was a whole thing that was very similar to Scientology uh, with aliens building the pyramids and aliens having a lot to do with the... The interpretation of religious scriptures, you know, the world over. Um, it there was obviously a very heavy black supremacy thing, you know, go the white devil through and through. Um, there's there, there's many quotes where he actively states that, you know, yes, I am a racist, you know, black or white people are evil. Um, and that was, you know, he, here it is. Yeah. Uh, they say the Nawabians are not racist. Bullcrap. I am. White people are devils. Always was, always will be. He was definitely an eccentric person. And he also helped kind of snowball a lot of this uh, Black Hebrew Israelite action that's going on today. You know, the idea that uh, Black people were the original Jews. You know, and you can say that. Um, Black people were the original human, and because that does seem to be the case, and we all stemmed from um, we all stemmed from them initially. But to say that black people are the original Jews is not the same as what I just said. But that is how they equate it. So, uh, but it's pretty much as crazy as um, the Mormons saying that. The Garden of Eden was in Kansas or wherever the fuck they say it was. It's just madness. And you know what is Nuwabian? I, I don't, I don't care to really look into the bullshit etymology behind that. But it does seem to be some sort of take on the the, the word Nubian, 
which I, I suppose would be like the 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 most technical way to say original black person. It would be the Nubians. Right. Okay. So I'm I'm learning here. But yeah, we have ancient alien, we have black supremacy, we have fake history. Oh, right. We also have uh the the tie-in uh with conspiracy theory culture. Just take all of your conspiracy theory culture, you know, whatever it is, Illuminati a la carte, you know, with probably weather modification and all that jazz. And I'm not here to parse through that because there's a reason that uh, people are looking into conspiracy theories more. There's a lot of bullshit out there, but there is a, there are plenty of cover-ups. Um, the, the, the nice spin Malachi York put on all that was that it was specifically the white devil was the Illuminati. So that's very convenient as well. And um, this is perhaps a cult... And this is not the only black supremacist cult that also had this ancient alien kind of action in there. There are others as well. Uh, but these, these black supremacist cults are unfortunately the ones I feel like we can all wrap our heads around the most. Even if you're not uh, like a black person today, I think that everyone can see the line of thought there. You know, there's you know, whether whether it be police brutality or you know the whole slew of issues that minorities have in our country today. It is fair to say that they have gotten the short end of the stick. They live in a culture. Minorities in general live in a culture that was um, not geared for their best interest. As fucked up as it is, and it needs to change. So when you tell people. Um, you give them a metaphysics that says you're right in thinking that you've been fucked over and, 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 and takes that and channels that in the wrong way. In contrast to something like the Japanese death cult Om Shinrikyo, this makes a lot more sense. Om Shinrikyo sold, you know, former military officials, former politicians, scientists, Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of uh, various Japanese people throughout the class system and, you know, um, classism of, of, um, of business, if you will. People of all walks of life got sold on this crazy psychedelic Buddhist, you know, anime infused death cult that um, is a real testament to the vacuum. The spiritual vacuum that was in the, the you know the postmodern Japanese culture at the time. I think uh, the only explanation that anyone can really glean from how so many, uh, you know, well-functioning people were sold on the Om Shinrikyo cult is because there was such an intense uh, deficit in the the personal lives of the Japanese people at the time. They were working so brutally that. You know some of their some of the uh, spiritual traditions that they had once held so firm were starting to slacken, and they really needed to fill that void somehow. Um, here in America, from the seventies to the nineties, until he was finally caught. Oh, I mean, these are other good points. Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson both, you know, advocated for this guy before he was arrested and sentenced to basically life in prison. So this man was very actively uh, filling 
a very predatory vacuum in black culture where people really needed hope. They really needed, um, you know, especially when, you know, I'm not an expert on this story, but you can't tell me that Malcolm X wasn't killed by some sort of operation. There's no fucking way that he was just killed by a random person. Call me a conspiracy theorist. I mean, I've looked into it in the past enough to be uh, comfortable saying that this is my opinion. I don't have all that memorized by any stretch. It, it, It seems damn near without question, though, that both Malcolm X and MLK were assassinated um and it's it's fucking heartbreaking i'm 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 not african-american at all i I have some native american um i'm a little bit of a mutt but i'm mostly white but it's it's fucking heartbreaking you look at the history of african-americans in our country and time and time again the people that would have that they needed so badly the people that would have really rallied a group of people disenfranchised and looking for a focal point to rally around you know every time they just take those people out and leave them with people like fucking malachi z york i mean this guy sounds like a character i would make up it's fucking preposterous he's lunatic molesting children and and you know making slaves literal slaves out of his cult members building fucking pyramids um you know making r&b albums hanging out with rappers he's just a fucking douchebag <sighs> um and, and and people are still backing him up to this day thankfully he got what he deserves though there's no way he's ever getting out no matter how much he tries uh, we'll talk about uh some of his timeline a little bit more after the break, but you know, I think we're gonna have to get into this commercial break. Don't forget, this is Black Hoodie Alchemy. Stick with me, folks. We'll be uh, we'll be talking about uh, more Malachi York and the Nuwabian Black Supremacist Cult after this. In God's image, God sent us. In God's image, in God's image, God sent us to build us. The cop innocent bossed in us to kill us Lost innocent pilgrimage just to chin up Staring at my feet, dragging across the concrete Why so gloomy? Tears down the cheek, they would fool me Trying to save a soul, I could barely save myself I gotta get control and let go of all the hell My palm's scorching, scar tissue what I felt Wipe your eyes, don't be tainted by the circumstance Life's a ride when it rains, you gotta dance Hunger pains remain, I'm cooking for the fam Some neglect to respect for who I am Is royalty, so approach with appreciation Nurturing is in my nature, honesty is my behavior Music is my savior, I'm chasing love more than I'm chasing paper Think I should stop running now, cause my back hurts From carrying your burdens, my brother told me not to move backwards And I'm certain, I've come a long way from the man that I wasn't The man that I am, you don't love him, I'm above it Watch from a bird's eye, full spectrum on the whole pie Ingredients ain't natural, I've seen this my whole life Tricks on my old mind, heart on my sleeves dying they say it all heals in time I help everyone around me with as much as I can I'll give you what I clutch in my hand I'll show you all my thoughts and I'll show you my plans I'll give you what I clutch in my hand I help everyone around me with as much as I can I'll give you what I clutch in my hand I'll show you all my thoughts and I'll show you my plans I'll give you what I clutch in my hand
Has gravity got you down? Do you not understand the difference between a wave or a particle? What about the planets? How do all those rotate around each other? Laws of physics and other sciences can be confusing. So the next time you're curious just how exactly E equals MC squared, hire a highly trained and qualified professional. That's right, it's space lawyers. Space lawyers are skilled in litigation with the laws of time, space, cosmic ghost pirates, and various other lawyerings. Each space lawyer has a PhD in space law from the Cosmic Hall of Space Justice, and they can get you out of just about any sticky situation. So stop bonking your head on things, or accidentally creating big bangs with your haphazard studies in quantum, quantum physics. physics. Leave all of that to the highly trained professionals prepared to litigate these laws for you. Just call 1-800-SPACELAWYER.COM for more info. Space, Space Lawyer? Lawyer. Space lawyers cannot be used in a regular court of law. They can only accept cash and no cosmic traveler checks nor visa debit cards. Please wait up to four cosmic business days for our space lawyers to get back to you. How'd it do, everybody? It's your good old friend Tippy Patson here from the, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And behold, for I have something to to lay upon you. Okay? Um recently I uh I smoked this uh this drug called uh uh a basuco. It's from Colombia. Uh my buddy gave it to me. It's cocaine paste. You see? Um and I recently been doing some of this and um it occurred to me that last night after some Google searching, um, what happened to me after smoking some bazooka was, um, I achieved Tibetan rainbow body. How about that, y'all? Yeah, my body shrank. I got all real tiny. Uh, I started, like, emitting rainbows from my body, and, like, I smelled really good, as they say, uh, that the people do. And dang old man, I even, you know, I didn't die. I'm good. I'm still good right here, but I even lost a few pounds. So I was thinking, you know, how about I just go dang old on and sell uh, Tippy Patson's Rainbow Body Weight Loss Program. Dang old man, that's right. You know, shed a few pounds the, the Tibetan Buddhist way. And, uh, you know, you can go to my website, um, uh, Tippy Patson and all that, or you can dial... 1-800-SPACELAWYERS.COM uh, for more info. Now, um, a part of this is uh, you need to know more about this Basuko drug, okay? Um, it's very interesting, and uh, it helped me in the whole process of achieving Rainbow Body. Uh, and it's, like I said, it's a cocaine paste. Um, it's extracted, not in laboratories, but like good old-fashioned, like in people's kitchens and stuff. And it's... Uh, it's uh, extracted and dissolved with uh, things like gasoline, sulfuric acid, chloroform, kerosene, uh, acid from car batteries, and then it's and then it's cut, you know, to make bigger uh, and give it a little bit of a punch um, with Ajax, uh, talcum powder, or, you know, ground up bricks or cornstarch and things like that. And on the streets, they call it things like uh, Suzuki, uh, banana little devil and freckles so it's a real dang old fun 
thing to smoke and it tastes real good y'all so you know smoke some bazooka and uh you know partake in tippy patson's uh rainbow body weight loss program y'all come on let's do it together we'll uh we'll be small tiny people uh with a rainbow body way and then we'll you know it'll be a good time all right take it easy everybody Hello, everybody. It's uh, it's your friend uh, Jefferson Tillamook Slinger, code name. Yeah, uh, I uh, I don't have any products to sell you at the moment, but I did have to. Uh, I just wanted to uh, let everybody know that I recently watched this uh, Aminal Planet documentary about how mermaids and mer people actually exist, uh, and also dragons exist too. I mean, Aminal Planet wouldn't make these things up. It's very 100% true, or just about as true as Bill Hicks being Alex Jones. So, supposedly the theory is, uh, when we were, when we were, used to be the monkeys, um, some of the monkeys, like, ended up hanging up close to the water, and like, instead of getting all hairy, they got it really scaly and like had a bunch of like gills and like fins and stuff like really crazy and uh in the, if you watch the aminal planet documentary um they have like these super realistic uh like accounts where you could see like the mermaid like his, his hand his little webbed hand is up against the glass and like it's like very realistic like like the best ps2 cutscenes i've ever seen in my life uh so uh i guess mermaids are actually a thing you know mermaids and mer people so uh is it illegal to own one is the question i want to know I would like to own a mer person. I know we couldn't have the dolphins around here anymore, but maybe a mer dude would be pretty fun. Or maybe a mer lady? I'm not sure. I guess we could cross that bridge when we get there. Anyway, um, mer people are people too. So, and dragons exist. So, pretty crazy shit. Uh, goodbye. Welcome back to Black Hoodie Alchemy, folks. We're talking about Dr. Malachi Z. York and the Nuwabian Black Supremacist cult that built some replica pyramids in Georgia. Not the same size, uh, but they were pretty big still. And some wrap-ups before we get into a little bit of the timeline. Um, I mentioned that York was friends with Africa Bambata, who founded Zulu Nation, which was a huge driving force in what hip-hop became and what it is today. Uh, Bambata also has a lot of his own um, abuse allegations. Very shady character. Um, Kanye West you know, has been seen on Alex Jones. He was flashing um, 
swastikas interlaced with Jewish stars. And I mentioned how there were other like ancient alien themed black supremacist cults. Um, the one that Kanye seems to be embedded in or inspired by now is realism. That's where that weird interlaced symbol comes from uh, and seems to have a lot of inspiration from the black Hebrew Israelites where they claim that black people were the original Jews. So all of this, you know, the Nuwabians, the nation of Islam, the, uh, the, the realists, I guess the Raelians, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's all very parasitic, you know, and this is not an indictment of hip hop culture, as I said, nor is it an indictment of African American culture. It is a look into these, these cult leader demiurgic parasites that are tapping into deficits that they see in a disenfranchised minority culture and then and, and then just filling a, a predatory spot as i said before the break they assassinate people like malcolm x and mlk and they leave people like you know there's there there's a lot of hate speech in the nation of islam and 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 also that the nation of Islam is a very specific thing. It's not Islam as a religion. It's basically um, a an African American geared Islamic organization in the U.S. And that's what Malcolm X was affiliated with. And lo and behold, they murdered him not even a year after he left the group. So that shows you how powerful Malcolm X was. Once he wasn't tied down to the some of the questionable rhetoric of the nation of Islam, he was truly a danger to the establishment. That's how it's always come across to me. So let's read some bits here. Let, let's see how York got to his heights. Uh, he started as an ex-con in Harlem, just a street peddler, um, and started uh, peddling an Islamic-inspired black supremacist doctrine in the 70s. Um, he was born in 1945. He was arrested for statutory rape in 1964 involving a 13-year-old girl. Um, he was put on probation, which he broke a year later. Um, he was arrested for possession of a deadly weapon and resisting arrest. Uh, meanwhile, he was still building this Islamic black supremacist following. Um, in 1972, <clears throat> He moved his growing congregation into various apartments. I believe there was up to almost 500 people. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, uh, into a Bushwick section of Brooklyn. And he called his apartment commune. He called his new apartment commune Ansaru Allah Community, AAC. At his apartment headquarters, his followers strictly adhered to his teachings. Uh, children attended his schools. Women were mandated to work in the office, and his male followers were tasked with recruiting new members um, or going and peddling on the streets. They had to earn you know, $25 to $100 a day. Um, you know, w Once it got to its heights, this is in the 70s and 80s, he was making people work for him and just donate everything to the, to the cult. Says, yeah, at one point in Brooklyn, he eventually had up to 500 people living in about 20 apartment buildings that he, he owned in the Bushwick district. Uh, the AAC operated bookstores, gift shops, a clothing store, and a grocery store. They even were founded in several other cities um, and even abroad at one point. Meanwhile, of course, Dwight York 
soon to eventually be uh, Malachi Z York. I don't even know what the Z stands for. I'm not sure if it ha- it stands for anything. I think he just wanted to be cool. Um, he started using uh, his group as his personal harem. He was effectively able to have sex with any woman in the cult uh, and definitely impregnated many of them. And uh, it wasn't long before he started to pursue underage girls. York purchased an 80-acre property in the Catskill Mountains in New York in 83 and used it as his retreat home that he called Camp Jazir. According to one of York's sons, he spent about $5 million to build a mansion on the land. Uh, Girls and women were brought to Camp Jazir by van and lived in trailers attached to the house. Yeah, here's a bit on the work they had to do for him. The $25 to $100 I mentioned was accurate. Uh, That was the daily quota that they had to reach by begging or selling his literature. Those who did not meet their quotas were beaten or otherwise disciplined by York's thugs. York controlled his followers' lives almost completely. You know, he chose their spouses, uh, quote-unquote, mating them according to his whim. Men and women lived in separate buildings. When they wanted to have sex, they were forced to ask permission to use a designated room. Uh, Sex with one's spouse was a privilege granted to one... uh, when one's duties had been performed satisfactorily. In 1993, York bought... Oh, and before we go into Georgia, uh, suffice it to say, you know, since we did a whole lot of legwork in the the first half of the episode, uh, during his time in New York is where um, Malachi York was trying to record a lot of R&B tracks. He was putting them out. You can go listen to Malachi York's R&B tracks. Um, one of the many cult leaders, you know, alongside uh, Charles Manson and David Koresh that have recorded tracks that you can listen to. It's not uncommon for a cult leader to really want to be a rock star or some sort of superstar. One would say that in many cases, the uh, the cult leader is the backup plan to the failed psychopathic superstar wannabe. Seems like even Jim Jones did that to sort of um, supplant uh, like a religious and or political career that he would never be able to pull off. And it was there in New York that um, Malachi York was making his connections within the hip hop community. So we talked about New York a bit. In 1993, York bought a 476 acre property in Putnam County, Georgia, uh, and moved there with the members of his Brooklyn chapter. And Putnam County is. I believe it's the neighboring county to Bibb County, which is where Macon, Georgia is, which is where I was born. Got family still there. You know, so I'm I, I'm in Macon here and there um, still to this day. And this cult was just about 45 minutes from where I was born. And it is, you know, Atlanta is about an hour, maybe an hour and a half from Macon, depending on traffic. So you got that. And it's not like it's the middle of nowhere, but it's small. It's very small. Uh, so for uh, a black supremacist cult to move outside of Aitonton, Georgia, <laughs> and just start building small pyramids, I'm sure it must have been a real shocker. And yes, they moved. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Eatonton, the population was 6,000 in 2000. So it's one of those stories. There are other examples of this, of cults just moving to a small town to try and bully it into allowing them to do whatever it wants. In Georgia, York dropped the pretense of being Muslim. Uh, The group went 
through several names and identities. Uh, for a while, York claimed to be Chief Black Eagle of the Yamasee Native American Moors of the Creek Nation. He even applied for a license to operate a casino. Um, he'd get canceled for that today. That's not cool. After this failed, York settled on calling the group the United Nation of Nuwabian Moors using an Egyptian motif. He also uh, started to identify himself as a god from outer space, as one does when when you go full cult leader mode. Yep, York had his followers build two pyramids out of wood and stucco and other Egyptian-style buildings on the compound, and they called it Tamaray. Most of the Nuwabians at Tamaray lived in cheap trailers while York lived in a mansion on the property. As many as 400 other Nuwabians lived there in the surrounding area. Uh, York's operation became very profitable. During June 1998, he had a, something called a Savior's Day celebration at the Georgia compound, where he took in about $500,000. Uh, he also charged every Nuwabian $25 a year for their quote-unquote passports, which allowed them to enter and exit the compound. A network of chapters and bookstores called All Eyes on Egypt also brought in funds, and members continued to raise money through begging and also holding jobs and just giving him all the profit. One of the group's sources of revenue was a, night uh, a nightclub called Club Ramses. It was illegally operated in one of the Tamaray pyramids, which has been zoned only for use as a storage facility. In May 1998, police officers shut down the club, so in response, Nuwabians printed slanderous articles about many government officials of Eatonton. <laughs> uh, they threatened town leaders. I'm laughing at the name of the town Eatonton. That's so stupid. I'm not laughing at threatening officials, just to be clear. After Frank Ford represented the county in a lawsuit against the Nuwabians, his tires were slashed by Nuwabian spokesman Bernard Foster. A rock was thrown through his office window, and a gutted dog was left in the street next to his house. Also, Putnam County Sheriff Howard Sills, who we'll hear some quotes from before this episode is done, uh, was sent a number of anonymous death threats. Jacob York, one of Dwight's oldest sons, Dwight uh, Malachi, learned about his father's Tamaray compound around 1998 as he had left the cult in 1990. Troubled by the news, he went to Georgia to confront his father, and according to Jacob, his father told him, quote, I don't believe in any of this shit. If I had to dress up like a nun, if I had to be a Jew, I'd do it for this type of money. Jacob worked to build the case against Dwight by helping Sheriff Stills find and interview victims of his father's abuse. York declared that his armed compound uh, was a sovereign nation, and he refused to follow local, state, or federal laws. At the time, the Putnam County Sheriff's Office said that many buildings on Tamaray were not county-approved, requiring building inspectors to check them out. But armed guards stood at the entrance of York's compound, preventing anyone from entering. Uh, the sheriff at the time, last name Sills, not sure what his first name is, um, said, What's a building inspector supposed to do when there's people standing there with guns? That's how that ended up in my lap. Um, yeah, they claimed that they were a sovereign state. Um, little did authorities know that York's crimes would be escalating to something much worse the more they looked into it. Um, you know, just really ramping up, catch me if you can mentality. Uh, but the turning point came 
in 2001 when York's estranged son and other followers came forward with their tales of abuse. More than 40 victims spoke out to give investigators additional details of sexual and physical abuse at, at York's hands, uh, which led to a raid of the compound. Uh, the sheriff said that by late 1998, we were getting the first reports that some child molestation was going on, and that also drew the attention that also drew the attention of the FBI. Uh, regarding the harassment they received while investigating the cult, the sheriff said it was relentless. I have people today that can't conceive the day in, day out harassment that especially I had. They have printed about three or four hundred pages, uh, no, three or four hundred prints. Yeah, so I guess pages of my child, who's at the time probably not, uh, what, about eight years old. What? What is he saying? We later learned they distributed, oh, these prints to various members of the cult. Oh, God. They literally followed me everywhere I went. Literally. I believe him. I've been a police over uh, police officer for some sort of 47 years now, and this honestly was the best kept secret ever in the history of Georgia. He was eventually charged with 209 counts, including uh, various sexual abuse. When he was arrested, however, the the glue of the cult uh, largely dissolved. You know, it still has traces around, but it certainly isn't anything close to what it was at one point. And um, the land of Tamaray was sold off by the government to private owners. Money from the sale was split between federal agencies and the Putnam County Sheriff's Office. Today, nothing of its Egyptian legacy remains, uh, and it seems that there is a hunting lodge and sprawling fields that stand in its place. Sheriff Sills added that the big gate compound entrance, I had personally bulldozed it down and took down the Nuwabian flag and raised the United States flag. He speaks in kind of that like, start and stop way that a redneck does <laughs> but good for him good for him he did a good thing i can just i just hope that these people aren't um like this is middle georgia not everyone's a racist out there but that's where you find them a lot of the times and i could just imagine some of these people just assuming that all black people are like this and i hope that's not the case i don't know anything about this sheriff dude i'm not insinuating anything I'm just thinking about how podunk Georgia react to this. I can't wrap my head around it. It seems like a practical joke. This seems, you know, if this was made into a movie, it would just be too corny to work, I feel like. But, you know, the truth is stranger than fiction so much more often than not. It would appear that 14 of the children uh, testified against him in a three-week federal trial and that the judge gave him the maximum sentence of 620 months or 135 years in prison. He is currently being held at a federal maximum security prison in Colorado. And yes, his uh, earliest possible release date is 2122. But in terms of um, some of the stuff that they're still doing as his group, um, the Nuwabians, you know, in August 26, 2009, 300 people congregated at a federal courthouse in Macon, Georgia, to support an appeal filed to get York out of jail. And as of 2011, the Southern Poverty Law Center reported where I'm getting some of these quotes from 
that uh, the Nuwabians are still posting frequently on websites and forums defending his innocence. I'm not sure how frequent it is today, but like I said, it's still around. Oh, and I would regret it. I'm glad I, I saw it in my notes here. Uh, if I didn't mention that he also had a sphinx there on the property. <laughs> so this guy was really trying to ball out. Um, lastly, for a bit of timeline action, you know, York is still to this day trying to fight his way out of jail, saying that there were no there was no evidence for any of these sexual exploitation stuff. Um, I was reading some I, I I don't care to vet this guy out because he was clearly a psychopath either way. And I don't think there was any question that he was uh, abusing children, unfortunately. But I will say that that is the, you know, uh, it seems that when the government is really trying to slander someone, they will try and throw some abuse slander in there because that just instantly tarnishes a person's reputation and that's what his followers claim but um you know it seems like there is way too much evidence um despite the fact that i saw in some of these articles arguing for his innocence it seems like maybe some of these people who testified might have tried to recant afterward but it's that's not enough by any stretch to vindicate the guy I saw a, a bit in one of these articles where it said that he had, hmm, I don't even know if I want to say this, um, but I have to say it since um, I can't just tease you like that. So I say just like skip like 30 seconds ahead or something, trigger warning here, but like the guy had like a teddy bear with a dildo attached to it when they raided the compound, they found shit like that. So this was a sick bastard. Um, he's very braggadocious. I guess that word fits, but that's not the word I'm looking for. He's just, he's very psychopathically bold about uh, his innocence. And, you know, over the years, he's submitted lots of uh, lawsuits arguing that he's not under U.S. law or jurisdiction of it. He has um, filed these lawsuits against the Macon County Police Department which is uh not you know <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 um i had to make sure i was reading that right he his suit names the quote unquote Macon County Police Department but Macon is a is a city in Bibb County so that's not a real place <laughs> which is something that the article notes here and then he also files a lawsuit against Bibb County as well as the state of Georgia the whole FBI apparently an unidentified sheriff's department <laughs> um and and the judge so he's uh he's still you know his last efforts are maybe i can get into court with some lawsuits and i can just try and snowball some crazy shit from there because i'm clearly not getting out on uh like he's clearly um exhausted all his appeal attempts so he's never getting out though there's absolutely no question and i don't have any doubt that he was as sick as the reports claim there's too much evidence to suggest it and yeah that is essentially the wild story of the nuwabian black supremacist cult led by dr malachi z york
some final notes, you know, some takeaways here. Let's not forget that he is known. You can go down these rabbit holes yourself. Uh, but, you know, he was known to be um, to inspire people directly like Jay-Z and his former producer, Jazzo. Um, you, you know, he had inspirations in the Philadelphia hip hop scene where people heavily inspired by him were, um, you know, rapping with Jedi Mind Tricks, which is an underground hip hop staple today. Uh, there's uh, there's there's hip hop R&B artists like Erica Badu. Outcast performed at some events that he put on at one point. Nas has been known to reference Malachi York. And I don't really like Jay-Z. I don't know a whole lot about Erica Badu. I've never really listened to her. But like Nas's example, I guess as a final cherry on top here, you know, following through with Nas as example, I don't think that everyone that is involved that is vaguely inspired by this guy is a bad person. Africa Bambata is someone that influenced so much of hip hop and he has his own allegations. He seems to be uh, not a good character. So does that make tribe called quest a bunch of child molesters? No, of course not. Absolutely not. And neither does that make Nas a sketchy person uh, for having been inspired by Malachi York's beliefs at some point. Let us not forget that a cult leader says a whole lot of shit, and it may only take 1% of that shit to stick and resonate with someone for them to, I don't know, just give a random stamp of approval. That doesn't mean that they were like going to all of his meetings or something, but maybe they were inspired by something he said at one point. Now, it does seem, uh, it appears that Jay-Z actually was involved in Nuwabian like congregations at one point and i don't like jay-z as a person uh he seems like a real sketchy dude so i'm not vetting for him but like i don't think andre 3000 is a sketchy person because he played at a new show you know so from top to bottom underground to mainstream we find his influence in hip-hop just as much or all maybe almost as much as we find africa bambada's influence and it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. It doesn't take away the power of the community. You know, as a whole, at its core, hip-hop is something that's very inclusive. And that's something I've always appreciated. Um, I, I always really liked the, the sense of community that was found in hip-hop. Uh, metal, in some cases, has a very toxic community. It's very gatekeepy. It's very elitist. You know, like when you get into like the shows and the fans and stuff, and sometimes the bands too. Even though I love metal, um, the metal is kind of a toxic community. Punk rock can be toxic, but there's a lot more of that um, help each other out in the mosh pit kind of mentality. Uh, in hip hop, I always really appreciated that. You know, there was a side, uh, a sort of shamelessness to it, a braggadociousness, but there was always a backbone and um, a sense of community and ethics and morality and taking care of your community. There's a lot of thugging gangster rappers out there that still take that to heart and give back to their community. So there's something to be said for that. Um, I think hip hop has always been an inclusive community for the downtrodden. You know, specifically for minorities, but the downtrodden in general, it really is 
some of the most wholesome music, in my opinion. I couldn't only listen to hip hop, but what I mean by that is you need a, a, a functioning stream of thought and a hand to smack some rhythm with and, and, and you can make some hip hop, you know, that, it, and, and, and it really can be as simple as that. And I love the power in that. The simplicity in that is extremely, extremely powerful. And, you know, because of my fondness of, of writing, of hermeticism, of the power of spoken word. I've always loved hip hop. And, you know, there's a lot of references in hip hop about how the pen is mightier than the sword. And, you know, uh, a lot of battle rap is uh, making equivalents of like my, you know, my pen to paper, like an atom bomb or like my bars, or like bullets, you know, like your wordplay being so impressive and skillful that it replaces weaponry basically. And I uh, take that to heart as well. I really do. So again, I've said it several times, but you know, just to be clear, not an indictment of hip hop culture. We're just trying to separate the wheat from the chaff here. And as an end statement, you know, the whole black hoodie alchemy motif, black hoodie, uh, black hoodie rap is an Onyx song. You know, if you don't know who Onyx is, you know who Onyx is. You just don't know the name. Uh, Google them. But, um, you know, Black Hoodie, you also see a lot of Black Hoodies at punk and metal shows. And, of course, there's the whole, uh, like, a jokey nod to the uh, Black Robes and for used for a variety of reasons. Uh, but in general, I like the aesthetic, uh, not only the the backbone of the community that you see where Black Hoodies are worn, uh, but also the idea that there's a time and a place to put your hood up and get down to business, whatever business that may be. And I've always appreciated that as well. You know, the, the, the persona that you might adopt as an artist, you know, or a rapper or a musician. I've always liked that. It's sort of superhero-ish. Salute to all you hip-hop heads out there. Um, don't lose your faith in hip-hop. It's still alive and well, even when there's a lot of trash out there. There's a lot of trash in any genre of art. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode and you learned something new. Maybe had a good chuckle or two. There was some crazy shit in here. My heart goes out to the victims of uh, this cult. It's a very shitty situation. A lot of victims involved here. And, you know, let's all just do our best to raise awareness. Uh, because smart people get caught up in these things all the time. And, you know, this guy was finally arrested in the early 2000s. This is not very far removed. Teal Swan is still out there. There's a whole lot of people out there still capitalizing on the cult game, and they are chilling on the New Age bookshelves at Barnes & Noble. You know, not all, not all of them are there, and not all of them on those shelves are cult leaders, but that's where you find them. They're right in front of your eyes. So don't sleep. Don't for a second think that all this stuff is history. This is happening right now. And keep your eyes peeled. And um, if you like, go to my website and sign the paperwork I got there. And we can move you out here to Pensacola. And you can start working for me uh, to help me pay my bills. How does that sound? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking.
and we're not there yet. Um, I'm going to give you a lot more content before I cash in and decide to try and take advantage of you. So don't worry. That'll come eventually. <laughs> okay, that's it for now, folks. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. And don't forget that you're listening to Black Hoodie Alchemy here on the Fringe FM. Uh, I'm Anthony Tyler. Tune in next week. We've got more material coming through. Uh, more guests before too long. So stay tuned. And, you know, divemind.net. Check out my link tree in the description. Get my books, Hunt Manual, Dive Manual. Some t-shirts will be coming before too long. I am in the process of getting that and some other merch out there. All right, all right. Take it easy, y'all. Smoke weed and God bless. Surrounding your door, fatal gunshots, your peeps dying down on the floor. Heartbeats faded now like the trumpets of war. Drummer drumming, nobody can settle the score. Harper eats babies, broadcast on Go Bus. Every year, more youth in jail than families broke up. More money for the cops, less money to rebuild. More cheap grills, coke, heroin, eat pills. The streets filled, rat snakes and cutthroats, snuff hopes. Got drowned on them drug boats, I puffed dope. Trying to cope with the mind, fuck. We lined up waiting for change. But our time's up, no code of honor The police is not your brother, man Phone tap, house is haunted by the government Understand, shit is deeper than Uncle Sam IMF, World Bank, got a plan to conquer, man Bombing lands like Iraq and Kuwait Y'all slap, your mind's trapped and it's too late Y'all can't awake from the dreams that you're lost in Can't escape cause you're fiends for the toxin Overcrumbs in the streets, mad people I know Still struggle to eat, they all Trying to stay on deck Every day a new battle Trying to outwit that They still Mad wars overseas Mass murderers A military nobody sees We all Like why are we here Why the president Killing six million a year Just one living globe In the darkest space It's not a world anymore It's a marketplace Where we sell our souls For the latest craze Like the cocaine boom Or the microwave I've been a slave for days Since they plugged me in Got me hooked on the drugs and the love for them I'm not talking about the needles Marsha says I'm talking about the fast food Money, fame, and trends You don't pay your rent You chained in debt You ain't homeless yet But get the same respect There's no even distribution So we take what's left Work hard every day Till we break our necks Gotta fill the void Before we're sucked right in Become the little puppet toys For Republicans Stop the scam Before they build the walls You can't be a free man Under martial law in the streets, mad people I know still struggle to eat, they all trying to stay on deck, every day a new battle, trying to outwit that, they still mad wars overseas, mass murderers, a military nobody sees, we all like why are we here, why the president killing six million a year? Hey, yo, one thing 
comes for sure, death comes to all Small and large numbers, watch hundreds fall It's fucked up, like your brain on drugs Let's escape this place, break the chains and cuffs Most are fake as fuck, quick to face the cut Man's doing snake shit to make a buck Addicts taking drugs, numb their face in dust Supplied by third world nations, trade for guns Plus there ain't that us, I'm dying to find What it is people pray to, high in the sky Brought up to believe that you die when you die in a world filled with madness, crime after crime, it's the sign of the times, the army sent, Harper is two-faced like Harvey Dent, now my mouth is dry and I've hardly slept, famished with no food cause the market's fled, a bittersweet symphony marked for death, apocalypse now when the darkness crept, we all... Crumbs in the streets, mad people I know still struggle to eat, they all Trying to stay on deck, every day a new battle, trying to outwit death, they still Mad wars overseas, mass murderers, a military nobody sees, we all Like why are we here, why the president killing six million a year